our brain filters out 90% of the inputs of reality. So literally, I feel like we're all living in our own little snow globe. Everyone that walks into branches, whether it be digital or virtual, physical, they all are in relationship with somebody, someone already. Um, and then the only reason that exists is because, after tons of studies, they're open to the concept that you have a different take on the perceived reality than I do. Use that time to use this gray matter God gave us to go figure out something else. Because ChatGBT can't do that, right? So I'm just removing the things that I used to have to do because why? We hadn't gotten smart enough to remove them for ourselves. Now we have. You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insights series, where James Robert Lay interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay and welcome to episode 290 of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome my friend Chad Jenkins to the show. Chad is the president and CEO of SeedSpark, a firm that delivers reliable managed IT services, develops innovative business applications and provides advanced digital marketing solutions. And, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about Chad is he believes that technology is more than a tool. It is a strategy. And a key part of strategy is the ability to do one thing. It's just to listen. And listening has been a reoccurring theme lately here on the podcast, which is why today Chad and I are going to dive deep into how you can listen so that we can guide you forward on your own journey of growth at your bank, at your credit union, or at your fintech. Welcome to the show, Chad. It is good to share time with you today, buddy. Awesome. James, thanks so much for having me. This has been a pleasure already. <laughs> Absolutely. And before we get into to listening, and then perhaps even more deeply, the art of listening, a core capability mm-hmm. that I know that you've developed on your own journey of growth. What is good in your world right now, personally or professionally? It's always your pick to get started on a positive note. I'm having experiencing exponential growth here at SeedSpark. I'm always looking for friction. And, and the listening, obviously, is a complement to that as well. You can't identify friction. Uh, first, you'll feel it. Second, you have to be aware of it and just for identification. So in doing so, over the last 90 days, actually, is come to me a different way to engage with clients. Mm. That uh, and It removes all competition whatsoever and is enabling us to now successfully 100% of acquisitions into this new methodology of engagement strategy. So that obviously has got me kind of pumped. So it's uh, almost like a blue ocean opportunity when you eliminate, well eliminate the competition. And, 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 and you know, when, when you look at eliminating competition and looking for more, I would say, collaborations, the, the opportunity there is, is to listen. I've heard you say before, we've all been given one mouth and two ears use them pro- <laughs> proportionally and i and i love this yeah. it's a it's a great reminder for all of us listening today including myself and when it comes to listening in a digital world i want to start here the challenges the roadblocks for financial brand leaders as a leader yourself to distinguish signal from noise to distinguish hype from help 
what what can they do? What stands in their way when it comes to listening to what matters most? Mm, so for for me personally, there's we do we're afflicted by just tons of consistent and and very quite loud noise. Yeah. Uh, Digging deeper to what is the real trend pattern here, but but to do that, I feel like you have to get down to a human level. Uh, we've all heard of walk a, a day in someone else's shoes. Uh, I'm sure most of the folks on the podcast are, are excellent readers as well. Our brain filters out 90% of the inputs of reality. Mm. So literally, I feel like we're all living in our own little snow globe. The reason we're in relationship is because both you and I are open to understanding your unique perspective of what the heck's going on. I'm open to that. And as well, you are as well. So it, it foundationally, we've all shown that we can do it already. Everyone on your podcast, everyone that walks into branches, whether it be digital or virtual, physical, they all are in relationship with somebody, someone already. Um, and then the only reason that exists is because after tons of studies, they're open to the concept that you have a different take on the perceived reality than I do. And that's, that's totally okay. But to do that, you have to be very open-minded so that you can truly and walk in that person's shoes to really know what's real in their world. Now, if you, you want to look on more of a, a larger scale, national scale, community scale, uh, that's where you know, I can revert back to what I very first started. What is that trend? What is the commonality in the voice of the folks that you're seeking to serve and being able to identify those things and then ask some really good questions. Um, if we want the right answer, ask the right question. So focusing on those killer com- components uh, has, has certainly helped me and continues to help me every day now. So pattern matching, and I would say more deeply, getting really good at asking good questions, being a curious kindergartner throughout life, because I think sometimes we lose that capability of being curious. What do you think prevents us or where might we lose that curiosity spark as we journey forward as a leader sometimes? Not to go too very deep, but uh, our perception is driven by our internal experiences and our internal experiences are driven by our perception. So we're in a constant loop. And, and we, we have to get really good about stepping out of that, mm. recognizing it. First, everything's made up. Uh, nothing's real and, every, and uh, no one's in control, right? So fun- fundamentally understanding that and, and we're all sort of walking into the drumbeat of our own drum. Yeah. Uh, for us as leaders, we got to rise above that. And it, it is very hard to do. It takes a lot of practice. And a lot of self-awareness, uh, also a lot of reading, uh, but you can do that. But being able to take yourself out of that particular existence and, and really be subjective, which only comes from being curious. So yeah. if, if you're not by default, but you do understand those methodologies, uh, find someone who is naturally curious and just continue asking them questions. And, and give them things that you're not 100% on, but you may have a preconceived notion because of your past experiences, internal, and, and sorry, internal experiences and perceptions, and just ask questions and dig just a little bit deeper. We've all heard five levels of why. Mm. Uh, just, just add why, a why five times. That, that helps a ton. Like get to the, the root of it. And because you, you've got to get beyond those obstacles, they are absolutely impediments. 
and they shape a lot of the way that we engage with our teams, engage with our clients, uh, engage with our marketing efforts. Oh, it's the way that we've always done it. We've heard that before. I very much challenge you to dig just a little deeper. And the status quo is for the guy who's on his way out, not his way up. Mm. I appreciate the point of awareness here and almost a Yodaism from Star Wars where Yoda tells Luke, you must unlearn what you have learned or in the Yoda voice, mm-hmm. you must unlearn what you have learned. Yes, we'll, indeed. We'll leave that right there. But it's awareness. <laughs> and and this is something yes. that I'm writing about with my second book, Banking on Change. Mm-hmm. You, we have to act to grow and act that's that's awareness and then when you add awareness with commitment that those two added together that is what leads to transformation so awareness plus commitment leads to transformation and and awareness can be gained through learning and thinking Mm -hmm. the commitment to transform the transformation happens when you commit to act to do Mm -hmm. something but then you must pause to review and reflect on what you've done so you can learn through the experiences to think about how you can do even better going forward again. But the idea of learning within this model here, we can learn through listening. And I know that you grew up around horses and they had an impact um, on your ability to listen as a leader from a very early age. And we know that horses don't speak verbally, but they do communicate. So I'm, I'm curious... How did your time with horses provide a path forward for you to develop a strong listening capability as a leader? Yeah, so two two components there from the childhood. I did grow up out way out in the country. I joke that time moved backwards uh, <laughs> with my with my internal wiring, and we've had a, a little bit of time together. Uh, I'm made for a higher gear, not a lower gear. Um, so being stuck on a farm. And also being around, because you're out in the country, you're not surrounded by neighborhood kids. I spent a ton of time with my father and guys who were of that age. I am naturally curious, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but between having to understand how to train horses at a very early age, which again, to your point, they do not speak verbally, but they do say a whole, whole lot, as well being combined with gentlemen who are 30 years my senior. Mm-hmm. Always, like those were my quote-unquote friends, but I kept my mouth shut. Why? Because I don't have a whole lot to add, but I can be a big sponge. So one of our core values in this particular organization, the very top and most important, I feel like, is pursue why. It's natural Mm -hmm. curiosity, right? Why? I have no formal education in technology. I, I liken it to, I don't really care about how the sausage is made. I do care about the sausage and the impact it can have. So... Combining all of that together at a very early age, I was naturally taught to listen because one, I didn't have a whole lot to add and I'm constantly asking questions in my head driven by natural curiosity combined with uh, one of my first businesses was training horses. I had to get really good at it. So I'm always looking at what resources are right around me that I can piece together differently than the current convention to create more and additional value which that in itself is not too bad of a strategy because if you think about um, even a local community bank, they have a ton of resources. They've got community. They've got reach inside their community. How, natural curiosity, how can we combine these resources that we already have domain over, we already have reach, maybe we could benefit from a little bit of vision and somebody would ask some very weird questions, maybe outside the industry, to say, 
if we take this and combine it with that and leverage what we already have, how can we separate ourselves from all, even the big guy national competition that's coming into our market? It, it, the low-hanging fruit is there. Just like people feel stressed about money, we understand digital growth can also feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. But it doesn't have to feel this way for you because you can join the Digital Growth University to gain clarity through education, to overcome the fear of the unknown. Build your team's courage with a growth strategy to eliminate the fear of change and increase your confidence with coaching to remove the fear of failure. Visit digitalgrowth.com university to apply. What you're speaking to, this idea of vision, is what I would liken to perhaps seeing things differently than how we saw them before. And that mm-hmm. sight, that vision can come from asking really good questions. And you mentioned, you know, almost looking outside of the industry. I remember an old, old keynote session. One of the ones I used to love to give was look outside to grow inside. And it was bringing all of this external perspective of what's going on outside of the industry and how some of this thinking could be applied internally. Because when you see different, you're going to think different because your perception has changed. I want to get real practical here for just a bit because, you know, I think listening, um, it's, it's, it's a key part of communication. Like once again, two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. How can the dear listener practically be an even better listener than they might today once again coming back to awareness and so questioning am i listening as well as i could be or might there be ways that i could be even better how might they be able to do so engaging with folks a lot of times especially if it's a subject matter that i think i know uh, as i as i'm listening i try to in my head jot down three questions to to challenge the status quo Mm. and i may even do that before i get engaged so someone's going to come in and we're going to discuss um, automating business processes through custom app development, and they're in an industry that we've served many times. Uh, there's quite a few applications that we've created. Organizations started small, and now they're super large and have been sold a couple of times, and really they got a lot for the intellectual value and enterprise value that's created. Uh, I, in theory, would come to this conversation and say, well, I know they're in this industry. I know that all their work comes from here. They cycle at this time. Subcontractor payroll is daunting when you have a thousand subcontractors. Like I kind of know a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And, and inside, I will literally just write down three questions that I think I know the answer to, and I'll write down a different answer. So I actually challenge myself beforehand, and if not during the meeting, just to like, think differently. Uh, beyond that, for especially things that you really think that you know, and you brought up a great point about looking outside to grow within, Mm. Um, facts. Uh, so I'm, I'm a pretty high fact finder and, yeah. and very high quick start from a, a Colby standpoint. Right. Um, before I take action, it would, and a lot of times you'll hear me verbalize it, I will go down through the facts. Um, I have trained myself now to even challenge those because those facts as I believe them are based upon my perception and my internal experiences. They're not, they highly likely are not real facts. Mm. So always try to challenge them. I've thought a lot about this idea of perspective. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, I think of things in formulas and equations and models to try to simplify the world, at least for me, because um, the world is very complex. And when you mm-hmm. 
have ADD, uh, which I view as a hyperactive mind and can see a lot of things and are able to distill things down. I look at perspective as the sum of context and framing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think right now we're at a very unique time um, to get some great perspective around context and framing as the Mm -hmm. internet is, you know, about to turn 30. We're right here at the dawn of the age of AI. And I think we don't appreciate or understand how much things have transformed in a relatively short period of time. But as a mental exercise, I've been working with some clients around. I'm like, I was born in, in, in 1981. And so I said, for yeah. this mental exercise, let's just go back to 1881. Imagine you were born in 1881, and it is, it is now 1923. Mm-hmm. What have you experienced around transportation, around exactly. communication, around technology? And wow. there were some pretty explosive things that were happening back then that we take for granted now Mm -hmm. when you look at this period of time that we're in what are what is are you most excited about just as a leader looking towards the future i think not from an external perspective but an internal perspective of leading teams of people of human beings Mm, enablement is the first word that comes to mind you mentioned ai just previously uh, and and i believe we, we have all heard in 10 years, there'll be the organizations that embraced AI mm. and the organizations that used to exist. Uh, so it's, it's funny that the 1920 area, a time frame in your analogy, uh, my wife asked me to watch this 1927 with Harrison Ford. So I call it just a little bit of episode because I'm not a big, I'm not a big TV guy. I, I like to consume a lot of uh, content, yeah. uh, but I did watch it. Harrison Ford, and he's riding horses, but yet he strolls into town, and there's all the Model Ts there. And that was right. 1927. So even at that time, and, and you said AI earlier, and you know you, you could have been, you could have joked and said electricity because I feel like it's going to have that level of impact. Yeah. Um, but but think if you at that time would have thought, good gracious, now I don't need all these horses. There's actually more horses now than there was back then. And we have an alternate mode of transportation. Actually, we have multiple new modes of transportation. And right. hopefully that's even about to take another leap. But think of, think of the impact now. If you fast forward 10 years, and so there's, we're both familiar with uh, our, our coach, our factor question. You've heard this, Dan mm-hmm. Sullivan. Um, it's been 10 years. Boy, things have gone extremely well. You're in your community bank you're local, you're on the podcast, and, and, and all those have been going really well. Take a look backwards, grab a sheet of paper, write down what had to happen for you to be able to say that. It's been the best 10 years ever. I've been at the bank 20. I've been in the industry for X period. I've had this podcast for Y, however long that period is, and literally jot down those items and consider the technology innovation. So in AI specifically, it's an answer engine. I liken it into a lot of the processes that we do and I started this out with enablement. So I have ex- extremely smart people in all of my organizations, way smarter than I will ever be. When I look at AI, I liken it to the vertebrae in your backbone. It's a great all analogy. My, myself, even I have the actual vertebrae, but the things that are between the smushy stuff that keeps mm-hmm. it all together, that makes it very smooth is AI. Hmm. 
So you have you have thoughts, you have questions, you have perceptions, you have ideas, you have experience as well. If you were to feed that context into an AI engine, even chat GPT, and you ask it a question, now you don't get a series of links, you get the answer. You get a polished answer, giving it that context. So if I apply it to all the smart folks and digital marketing, creative applications, business process automation, cybersecurity and managed services or IT, these guys have been now empowered. So what they used to produce in the X period of time, now both in quality and turnaround time or speed, they should be able to produce an exceptional, exp exponential amount more. And I feel like that's applicable for many, many industries. If we will be naturally curious, ask the questions, get outside of our norm, look at what others are doing as well, and ask why. Why are they doing this? And then apply it back. It can be a great empowerment. I like this perspective of empowerment because it's about thinking of using technology more specific to this conversation, AI, or what I have framed mm -hmm. as ADA, automation, data, and artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. as a way to maximize the human potential mm -hmm. within organizations, to unlock the human potential within organizations. Absolutely. And, yes. and I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna pause for this on this point for just a bit because you're bringing a different perspective than what I'm hearing from a lot of financial brand leaders right now, because in conversations I'm asking them, well, what's your perspective on AI, particularly November 30th, 2022, when chat GPT, uh, essentially AI reached the mass consciousness of, of people. And yes. their response are like, it, it's, it's funny because you're talking about TV and media and I'm, I'm like you, I consume a lot of content, but not traditional TV media. Right for multiple reasons it's like uh, jim Rohn, protect the 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 door to your mind kind of a thing um for me personally with mm -hmm. that in mind i'm th the leaders are sharing oh you know i'm hearing about like you know how it's impacting education and how school districts are banning and universities are banning mm -hmm. chat gpt and i'm like that's very interesting that's fascinating may, may i give you another perspective here so mm -hmm. i i want to dive into this a little bit further because sure. it is about listening. It's about listening to what people are sharing, particularly leaders are sharing based upon what they're listening to and how what they're listening to is shaping their present reality that could be an impediment to their future growth. Absolutely. It's, it's concerning is, is actually what it is. Uh, I was flying recently, to, I think it was to Canada or to New York, I'm not exactly sure, but on the way I heard they banned chat gpt they're trying to ban chat gpt from the campuses in mm. new york and toronto both locations and the first thing that came to mind immediately is well we're asking the wrong question right so keep, keep in mind pursue why top core value naturally curious wouldn't know anything if i didn't look at everyone's dangers opportunities and strength just natural wiring so it manifests to me is they're asking the wrong question like if if you've empowered everyone goes that goes to school which we know children pick it up so much faster because they have one they have a lot more of the precious and most precious commodity time. time we don't have as much time instead of letting them run wild and say hmm natural curiosity why don't you do what we are and ha have honed ourselves in incapable of doing by and large because we set inside of these confines instead of letting them run wild and see what they can actually create with that natural curiosity that we were looking for earlier on this podcast we want to block it that's not, I, and, and, and to the two 
a detriment of their sustainability would be my personal one opinion projection that yes. higher education is an education in a whole is is already started this pivot and it's probably not going to exist the way that we grew up knowing and that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing no it's not and back to your point of what you're sharing before if we look at a you know, project out a decade from now, there are going to be those organizations who leveraged AI and thrived. And then there are going to be those who resisted it or kicked the can down the road. And maybe they're around, but they're a shell of the the former selves. It's almost like, you know, if we look back to 1994 with the internet reaching mass consciousness of humanity, flash forward to 2024, particularly 2014. So now you got a 20 year horizon line. The same would be true here. True story on on, on this front. And and I'm sharing Sharing this, I think, once again, just to kind of provide context and, and framing to provide a new mm-hmm. perspective around yep. AI, particularly chat, GPT, practically speaking through the education system. So my son came home last week and he shared with me uh, that he had a presentation the next day around Texas history and how words lead to war and conflict. And so he did it on Ooh. the perspective of come and take it with the Battle of Goliad. And so if you're not from Texas, you might not understand the context here. I get it. But it's a big part of Texas history. What we did, because I said, well, pull up your presentation. And he pulled Mm -hmm. it up. 15 slides with bullet points. And I said, oh, no. I said, how long do you have to present on this? He said, three to five minutes. I said, and this is tomorrow? I I said, yeah. I said, okay, lesson number one. Do not wait until the day before to come review this with me. <laughs> Lesson number two, buckle up, buttercup, because I'm going to take you down the path of AI and chat GPT. Oh, yeah. And literally what we did is we fed all of his bullet points into chat GPT. Sure. And I said, write me a summary of Texas mm-hmm. history framed around the phrase, come and take it. And it popped back about a three-minute presentation yeah. It, it got us to the 80% yep. that we then took, optimized in Google Docs, added a little mm-hmm. bit more context, removed some of the big words that he had no idea what they were because sure. it, it would just sound funny. And then we went from there and then used AI to build a slide deck in about 15 minutes. Everything's got to be at sixth grade level. Yes. So, so giving it one more line of context and make it at a sixth grade level, enter, Boom. There it is. Done. It's exactly. And, and, and then use that time to use this gray matter God gave us to go figure out something else. Because ChatGBT can't do that. Yes. Right? So I'm just removing the things that I used to have to do because why? We hadn't got smart enough to remove them for ourselves. Now we have. And I think this is just exponential. That's why it's a little bit overwhelming to people. I bet that's my personal belief. It'll get there. It'll just take some time. It'll take some time. But to, to have, to be able to share that experience with him. He goes, this is amazing. <laughs> and we've, we've mm-hmm. been very slow, back to your point about kids and adopting technology, they're going to pick up on it very fast. We've been very slow yes. to introduce technology to them. Very, mm-hmm. um, like before COVID, they didn't have iPads and they played on like a Nintendo 8-bit. But guess what? As I'm introducing new technologies to them, they're like mm-hmm. a sponge and they're mm-hmm. able to just take this and run with it. And I think that's the that's kind of the key takeaways we start to wrap up here. It's when you're looking at AI and we'll we'll stay on the chat GPT example, it sure. is a form of listening. 
because mm-hmm. it's about knowing the right questions to ask to get the answers that you need to overcome the roadblocks and the impediments and the challenges standing in your way. So I think that's a new, maybe it's a, a new form, a different form of listening, mm-hmm. not from a human conversation, but from the conversation that we're having with a chat engine. What's your take on that? Asking the right question yields the right answer. Now you just have something that will yield the right answer as often and as deep and as fast and as frequent as you can ask the questions that help you advance yourself, no matter what it is. Um, good Lord, it's, it's like the internet in your pocket, but it's an answer engine, not a search engine. I, that, it's, that sounds so simple, and I do think it's going to take a little bit longer for the masses to really embrace it. But it, touching back on kind of trying to block it, um, humans like water, children with time on their hand, sponge to technology, what do you think that happens to the kid that just got blocked? Natural curiosity happens. Mm. And in 10 years from now, heaven forbid, he decides to go into banking. Mm. And you decide not to embrace it or ask the questions or really get outside of your box or take a free day and just get really far out there and and say, what could this actually be used for? And what are other people using it for? Because it's coming natural to the guy who's coming up. And those guys do get out of school really early and if you change the way education happens because of the enablement that just happened, maybe he doesn't go to college. Maybe he starts at 16 right. with a virtual bank. And yes. he starts connecting all of these dots and asking the right questions. And it's kind of lights out going back to fast forward 10 years. It's the ones that embraced it who are excelling. And it's the ones that aren't who used to be. We have to be careful of that. Open-mindedness always. Very much so, and I think it also comes down to creating space and time Mm -hmm. to just stop and listen to yourself. Listen to the inner voice that is being downloaded from the greater ether, if you will, Mm -hmm. because I think right now we are inundated with so much information that you mentioned Mm -hmm. free days, those free days where you step away you're going to come back with a whole new perspective that you didn't have before because the subconscious mind is going to work at problems that you're trying to solve that you've consciously hit a roadblock in. So there's the listening to yourself, listening to your intuition, to your gut, to your download from the, from the greater perspective of, of God of the universe. However you want to frame that context right there. I, that's a, that's a great point. I would, I would, in all those free days, I would challenge everyone to, Get as abstract as you possibly can and let your subconscious, you touched on subconscious mind, which is considerably more powerful than anything we have created that is our consciousness. Uh, I think most who have done research will, would agree. Yeah. Get as abstract as you can. Uh, methodology that you and I both subscribe to, Triple Play is a, a thinking tool created by Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. By it, removing yourselves from the convention, and as I project, getting as, as abstract as you can and just let what God gave you go to work. You're yes. going to see those things connect and it, it, you catapult beyond those obstacles. But you can't do it in the rat race because you're constantly surrounded by the convention, yes. which is shaping your perception, which is creating those internal experiences. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a loop. So you're living in your own snow globe if you're not careful. Be, I, I challenge you to be very careful with that. Get outside that snow globe. 
Chad, what a great conversation. I yeah, I have pers- I have personally enjoyed listening and learning from you today as I have now almost 300 times on this podcast. It is such a, a blessing, a joy, a gift to then take that and share this with exponentially uh, more financial brand leaders around the world. If someone's listening to this conversation, mm-hmm. they want to connect with you just to say hello, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, corporately, SeedSpark.com uh, is, is, is our firm that transforms organizations uh, and, and uses all the components of technology to do so. And then personally, uh, Chad Jenkins on LinkedIn, and uh, we'd be happy to help and have a conversation about what could be in any industry. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to me to ask, pursue why. Pursue yeah. so why. Th- thanks for having me on. I greatly enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to the next time. Thank you, Chad. As always, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.